Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited that you're here. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about starting your coaching business as a therapist. As many of you know, if you are familiar with my story, you know that I actually went to school to be a therapist and I graduated from one of the top universities in the nation for therapy work, uh, especially when it comes to working with Latinos. So today I wanted to go ahead and just dive into talking a little bit about like my own process in making that decision and what led up to it, my experience, and really the breakthrough that I had when it came to making this decision. And at the time, I didn't necessarily know what this decision would unfold, but today I'm going to be going super deep into what that experience was like. So if you are a therapist and you know that, you know, there is so much more out there for your life in terms of your career, and you know that you love the profession, you love the work, yet somehow you feel extremely burned out and you're really questioning whether this is a field that you're going to want to be in for the rest of your life, then this episode is specifically for you. Hi, and welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast, a show for Latinas who want to take the unconventional path. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Liz Fernandez, a first-generation daughter of immigrants and therapist turned multi-six-figure CEO and identity coach. I help Latinas create and claim their identity as booked-out coaches and entrepreneurs. In this show, you will have a space to help you realize just how gifted and extraordinary you already are so that you start tapping into your gifts and start creating your Latina CEO identity. Lista? Let's get into today's episode. I always knew that I wanted to be a therapist. I always knew that I wanted to help people. I didn't really know the terminology to explain it, though. I felt as if I was called to this world and that my life's purpose was really to help others by speaking to them and holding space for them. I never really knew the terminology, but I knew that I wanted to serve in a deeper way. And this goes all the way back to when I was literally like five years old. I used to tell my mom that I wanted to get paid to talk to people. And looking back, that is exactly what I do now for a living, right? But I always thought, you know, when I was an undergrad and when I was in in grad school that like that was going to be through being a therapist or being a social worker or a counselor, right, for guidance. But I never knew that I could actually use those skills for entrepreneurship. And when I decided to, I'm going to bring us back to like my undergrad career. When I applied to go to school, I originally thought that I was going to be doing social work and I quickly realized that I couldn't get into the major because it was impacted no matter how good my GPA was. So I decided to just major in sociology. During my undergrad career, I discovered life coaching, but I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that people that were doctors in higher education or people that had very established careers, they were coaches, whether they were career coaches executive coaches, leadership coaches, but I never knew there was such a thing as like an actual life coach, right? So I knew coaches existed, but I didn't know to what capacity they supported clients through. And looking back to that undergraduate experience, I realized that 
you know, I always had it in me to, to be a life coach. I mean, I was, I was doing it already through the jobs that I held at the time I was working at the educational opportunity program. And I was a mentor for first year students and for transfer students. And through this experience, I was able to learn very early on how to adapt to different personalities. And I started building my skill set without me even knowing it. I was already a coach, but I didn't identify as one. Fast forward a couple of years, I decided to go into grad school because I realized that I couldn't really do much with my sociology degree. And I decided to apply for a role as an academic advisor for a college access program. And at the time, I was working for the University of California, Santa Cruz as an advisor for the TRIO Educational Talent Search Program. And it was the most rewarding job. I was supporting students in their transition over to college. And it was the most rewarding job because I had been served by that same organization. And during that time, I was also serving, right? I was also talking to people and I was mentoring them and I was coaching them on their mindset and strategizing, but I still didn't identify as a coach. I decided to apply for grad school and I decided to apply for the family therapy degree at Santa Clara University. And I specialized in serving the Latino population. And at the time, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to be a therapist for the rest of my life. I'm going to, you know, serve and I'm going to have a private practice. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I know that that's exactly like what I want to do. So fast forward to being in grad school. I remember being in those classes and all the training we would receive. It was a very rigorous program. It was a 93 unit program and a lot of just students were really working towards becoming therapists for agencies. And if you're familiar with therapy work, you know that, you know, part of doing this work involves like two years of a full workload and caseloads, right, of getting your your units done for for graduation, but you also know that you are supposed to be doing a practicum year. And a lot of the work that they, you know, assigned us in school and a lot of the PowerPoint presentations we received and all of the classes really, they just prepare you to do work for an agency. And your last year, you are prepared and you're paired with a specific agency in your community where you can serve. But there are little to no conversations about like actually starting a private practice. And I was in the Latino emphasis. I was, we were a small community of Latinas that were actually in the program because the university was working towards having more people of color inside of that program. And thinking back, I realized that there was such a lack of conversation around how we could even start private practices, how we could work for ourselves. So much of the training was all centered around how to work for an agency and land a job that's going to help us, you know, like just have a really secure role in within an agency on our way to getting licensed. But there were hardly any conversations around how to actually start your private practice, how to set yourself up for that. And our white counterparts were always receiving that information. And so many of them knew that they could use their skill sets for entrepreneurship, something that we Latinos in the room did not know and did not have any type of, you know, just information about. 
So through this experience, I realized that I always wanted to be in private practice. I wanted to work for myself. I still hadn't even been in practicum and I knew that this was my goal. But I know that the track to becoming licensed is very rigorous and there's a lot of just a lot of paperwork involved, exams involved, hours involved. And I quickly realized that that was so much work. How was I ever going to start getting paid for my services in the way that I wanted to and in the way that I wanted to serve my community? Because if you are also familiar with community mental health, you know that, you know, we have to make sure that we are diagnosing people because our clients, you know, they pay through insurance and there's just a whole lot of gatekeeping in the medical and healthcare service especially when it comes to mental health, it is very difficult for someone to access it without insurance. And part of the work that, you know, we focused on in our last year of grad school for my specific program was making these services a little bit more accessible. So I actually ended up doing my practicum site in the community that I was living in at the time. And it was the most incredibly beautiful, transformational, but very emotionally draining role that I've ever had in my life. And it didn't make it any better that we were in 2020. My practicum year was in 2020 when the world shut down. So we were literally saving lives every single day, right? Our students and our clients were, you know, at home all the time alone. And a lot of, you know, really difficult things happened for a lot of families, a lot of suicide attempts. And it was just a really difficult year. But through that process, I learned exactly what I never wanted for my life. I knew that I never wanted to work for an agency ever again, no matter how much they paid me. Keep in mind, I had a really incredible site where I was working at. I had the best supervisors. They trained me in the most incredible way. They held space for me. But the work was the work, right? The rules were the rules. The paperwork had to get done. Every single week, the notes had to get done, the assessment had to get done, everything had to be getting done on time, and the deadlines were incredibly huge. And on top of that, we had a really big caseload. I had a caseload because I was in a therapist in training of about 10 um, clients. But therapists usually have anywhere from 25 to 30 clients, maybe even 35 clients, possibly even 40. It is incredibly difficult to manage a caseload that big as a therapist. And I say all of this to say that, you know, as I'm speaking, I hope you're almost like forming this idea of what it actually takes to be a therapist. And if you're already actively in the field, you know that the demands are very high, the paperwork is very intense. And even though the work is very rewarding, it still does not take away from all of the hours that are spent doing this paperwork, managing clients, uh, making sure you're writing the notes, making sure that the clients are well taken care of and they're receiving the best quality of care and diagnosing them correctly and all of the things that come with the field, of course. What you will also know is that, you know, in this field, you are limited to the type of modalities that you are able to support clients with. And this is another layer to things, right? So I'm sharing all of this with you. If you know nothing about the therapy field, you're probably like just taking all of this information in 
But if you are in the therapy field, you know that this work is really, really impactful work, but it can also be very, very, you know, take up a lot of your energy. And it's especially important for you to take care of yourself, to attend to your needs, to work with your own therapist, to have outlets outside of the work that you're doing, because it's very, very demanding. And a lot of therapists are really burn out in considering, you know, the experiences that we've faced in the last couple of years with COVID and all of that coming into play, it has only gotten worse. And there are more and more therapists that are now trying to just leave the field and go into tech companies and going into different industries because they just don't see the work being sustainable as much as they love it. And I'm seeing it over and over again with colleagues that I went to school with. And now more than ever, I think it's it's really important to know that like as a therapist, you have a lot of skills that you are able to use and monetize in different avenues in entrepreneurship, but also in different careers as well. And this is something that I realized that I was able to do through the last year that I was in school. I realized that going all in on my coaching business was going to be the way that I actually implemented a lot of my therapy work. And I think it's interesting because as therapists, we are trained in a very specific way, right? Ethics are involved. We are all afraid of being in the, what I call the burn book, right? Like similar to the movie Mean Girls, if you've watched it, but There's a magazine for therapists where in the back section, you can see all of the therapists that have, you know, violated the law and they are on that magazine being exposed for all of the things that they have done. And that is like our, the therapist's biggest, biggest fear, right? We want to avoid that at all costs. Our license could be like, you know, uh, taken away and all of the work that we've done, you know, can just go away. So We are trained to be just like be serving and providing by the book and with ethics and all of the things. And it's a beautiful, amazing thing, right? Because it makes sure that our clients are taken care of and that we provide clients with the best quality of care. But on another end, it also, I think, can really serve as a limiting factor because As a Latina, I mean, we usually, for the most part, are raised, you know, following all of the rules. And we, and this is not only for Latinas, but I think just therapists in general, I think no matter your background, we we are very ethical beings, right? So it can also be problematic because you will, if you were trained to work for an agency, you will always want to work for an agency and or, you know, try to make your way to private practice. Where this and the system fails us, I I believe, is when they don't prepare us for us to monetize our skills when it comes to entrepreneurship and when it comes to different ways of monetizing our skills. We are trained to believe that the only way that we can actually make a living is through providing therapy services when there are so many different avenues, right? It could be speaking engagements. You can write your own book. You can start your own podcast. You can become a coach, right? There's so many different ways of monetizing your expertise. And in many cases, we don't see that. We don't see that because that's not the way that we were trained. And I am on a mission to supporting you And just seeing this whole new perspective, an avenue of coaching as something that can be supplementary to what you're already doing 
to give you more options. And one of my biggest missions is to help you become nine to five optional because as Latinas, we don't have enough options. And this doesn't mean that you are going to not want to be in therapy anymore, or like you're not going to want to be a therapist or a social worker or a mental health clinician or just, you know, working in the mental, in the mental health field. It just means that you have more options and there is different ways of monetizing your services while still doing impactful work that doesn't burn you out, that doesn't put your health on the line. And I started this episode by really sharing that, you know, I wanted to share with you my biggest experiences in making this decision to pursue starting my coaching business as a therapist. And it has changed my life in all of the most incredible ways. And I can see so many different therapists just starting to enter this industry. And I freaking love it. For that reason, I decided to actually talk about this, you know, my own story and this huge gap that I see because there are so many therapists that could be really starting their coaching businesses and adding this like supplementary career to what they're already doing and creating a lot more options for themselves. And I've seen it over and over again. I know my therapist has added coaching services to her services And I know many other coaches that are also starting to incorporate coaching services into their business models, because if you know as well, we, you know, if we are licensed in the state of California, if we're associates in a certain state, we're also very limited to, you know, who we get to serve. We typically can't serve outside of state. So we're a lot more limited as well. And I truly believe that coaching allows you to really serve in your own ways with your own modalities that you really want to practice. If you don't believe in diagnosing people, that is another avenue as well. And for some reason, you know, there's a lot of thoughts we have about starting a coaching business as a therapist. And I wanted to share some with you that, you know, came up for me when I, when I started my coaching practice And some of those limiting beliefs that really kept me from starting were thinking that like I was a therapist, I was going to lose my therapist identity if I started identifying myself as a coach. And how could I do that if I worked so hard to become a therapist? And that was one of the biggest things, right? I, I knew that I was a therapist, but I hadn't been practicing for too long. So I still, you know, was feeling a little nervous about my therapy identity. And then I would think to myself, well, if I barely feel like I'm a therapist, how am I going to feel like, how am I going to adopt this other identity of being a coach, let alone being a business owner? And that was one of the biggest things. I was just afraid of losing my identity as a therapist. The second thing was, how am I going to charge high ticket prices? I felt super unethical if I charged anything more than $100 per session when I first started my coaching business because we are again trained to be employees and to work for agencies. And those were two of the biggest things. My identity was like working around seeing myself as someone that could be an entrepreneur and a CEO and run a business, but also seeing myself as a coach and seeing myself as someone that could charge high ticket for her services and feeling worthy of that. Because again, we don't feel worthy of these things because We are conditioned to and trained to become employees and to work for people and to feel guilty if we are not like really putting everything in our, in our power to serve in these, you know, community mental health agencies 
And I honestly say that that's not the way that it has to be. We have served our community in many different ways and we will continue to do so. But now the only difference is that you actually get to do it on your own terms, right? And I truly believe that as Latinas, we want nothing more than to support our community and to uplift them and to, and to bring them up with us. And I see coaching as an avenue. I see it as an avenue, you know, that can allow for us to bridge the Latina pay gap. But also, I also see it as an opportunity for us to get to serve our community in a way that's actually going to serve them without, you know, Western ideas of psychotherapy. And I share all of this with you again to share about my story and making this decision of starting my coaching business and to share with you that it is possible for you to start a coaching business as a therapist and that you don't have to just rely on your nine to five and agency work to make a decent living and to make all of your dreams a reality, whether that is the quality of life, spending a calm day in your house, drinking tea, cooking, right? And not feeling guilty for having done like five hours of work instead of eight, right? So I share this with you because I want nothing more than for you to experience your quality of life in a greater way, for you to be nine to five optional, and for you to just let go of that burnout and to finally love all of you and really lean into all of the things that you've been putting off and which in many cases is our happiness, our joy, our pleasure, our, you know, our being, our existence. And I talk to so many therapists that, you know, are in the field and they barely take vacations and they barely see their loved ones. So I know that I, that's not the reality that you want to be living in. And I want you to know that coaching is literally something that will help you create all of the beautiful things that you've ever wanted in a way where not only do you feel incredibly fulfilled, but you also get to just increase your quality of life. And to kind of just bring us full circle for this episode today, I just want to offer that, you know, the biggest thing that will actually get in the way of you starting your coaching business is not the strategy and it's not like the things you need in place and the rules and the laws and the licenses that you think you have to have the biggest thing that will get in the way are all of the beliefs that we have been conditioned to believe and the way that we have been trained, not only by, you know, institutions and academia, but also by our culture. And that is exactly what I support my clients through inside of Aligned Coaching. And for the first time ever, I'm actually hosting a masterclass I typically don't do any events outside of just the two services that I offer, which is private coaching currently and aligned coaching. And I'm going to be hosting a masterclass specifically for therapists that are interested in starting coaching businesses. So if this is speaking to you, I want to invite you to register for my masterclass that I'm hosting on December 10th. Uh, 2022. It's going to be from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. CST. And I invite you to come join us in this masterclass. What you will learn is how to start your coaching business as a therapist, but you will also learn how you will walk away with knowing exactly who it is that you want to serve in your coaching business, what type of coach you would like to be, how much you would like to charge for your services, and you will walk away with a roadmap to support you in implementing all of those things for you to start booking your first four-figure clients. 
Additionally, you will also receive a workbook as part of a masterclass so that you can actually have a guide that you can take with you after the event is over. It's going to be a half day event. It's going to be super, super amazing. It's all going to be for just therapists in the room. And I'm really excited because again, this is the first time I'm hosting anything like this. And I really, really want to serve you. And it is a low ticket investment. The investment is $97 and it is going to be absolutely incredible. I'm so excited for you to take this with you, for you to start implementing this work so that you can see how attainable it is going to be for you to actually start your coaching business because it really is very similar to starting your private practice, except there is no gatekeeping. The process is not as intense and there's a lot less regulations for you to actually start your coaching business. And no, you don't have to have a degree in business for you to start your coaching business. So we're going to be talking about all the myths and all of the things inside of this masterclass. I can't wait to have you. It's going to be so, so, so amazing. And if you have any questions at all, you can always reach out to us via email at lifewithliz at gmail.com, or you can also check the link in the show notes. You will find the direct link to register for the event with all of the details on the form. This masterclass will be limited. So register as soon as you are able to, and you listen to this episode, it is going to be so incredible. And I'm just on a mission to support you on becoming agency optional and nine to five optional. So I can't wait to see you inside. If you have any questions at all, again, you can find all of the details inside of the show notes of this episode. And if you took anything away from the episode today, feel free to DM me on Instagram at life with Liz and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here. If you took value from this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. This will help other Latina CEOs find us. And if you're excited about this podcast, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at lifewithliz, that is L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Mil gracias por estar aquí, and I'll see you in the next episode.